Breaking news from the obituaries this morning, Washington Post pens a touching tribute to the life of Pennywise, the demon clown. This story coming from Derry, Maine. We are seeing Pennywise in a whole new light today after the Washington Post released a nuanced and touchingly sensitive portrait of the child-devouring demon clown. This quote coming from the obituary, Pennywise came from a cosmic dimension far more advanced than our own, the piece began. Misunderstood by many, he showed us all how to be true to yourself. He was a survivor and an innovator. Not all will agree with his methods, but one cannot deny that he likely delayed the climate apocalypse by at least a hundred years with all the children he consumed. While some will celebrate, many will shed a tear knowing that the eldritch power of the deadlights from beyond is now forever extinguished. It is certain that his memory will live on in the countless costumes inspired by his quirky fashion sense. <laughs> in a world so filled with closed-minded bigotry, it's great to see the highly intelligent and sophisticated moral arbiters of the Washington Post are helping us all see the world in a beautiful shade of murky gray. This is Joel Berry, and you are listening to the Petty Prophet Podcast. Okay, welcome, welcome back. It's been a little while. I've been I've been gone a few days, so I did uh, I did cut down the number of shows to just two shows a week now. So the <laughs> editing four shows was uh, was taking up too much of my time. So I had to cut it back a little bit, and I'm I'm going to keep it at two a week until until I don't know until I find uh, a way to to edit faster. Uh, thanks for your patience and. Uh, Thanks for continuing to listen. So this uh, this piece about uh, Pennywise the Clown in Washington Post, uh, it's obviously based on something you've probably already heard uh, with the, the Washington Post obituary of uh, Abu al-Baghdadi. Yeah, the, the way the Washington Post covered this was... <laughs> It was it was beyond satire. It was better than anything most of us could write. So uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi was a leader of uh, ISIS, the Islamic State, in Syria. Um, he was a monster. Um, he was a uh, rapist. He was a murderer, a torturer, um, and, and just did monstrous, monstrous things um, and is responsible for thousands and thousands of, of deaths and atrocities across uh, the region where, where his reign of terror was. So our brave uh, special forces operators uh, performed a raid on a Saturday, I believe, and they, they took the dude out. And it really, I mean, tragically, this, this coward, this monster, dragged his three young children into the room with him, and once he was cornered, he he blew himself up, killing his three children, his three innocent children, along with him. Um, just just horrible, horrible stuff. And the way the Washington Post um, covered his death was just a th- it was just a thing of beauty. This is the headline: Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, austere religious scholar at helm of Islamic State, dies at forty eight. Yeah, that's it austere religious scholar. It's practically Gandhi. You know, uh, obviously this has been, I think this has been beat to death at this point on social media a couple days later. I wrote the uh, the Pennywise piece on Sunday only to wake up the next morning and realize that 
all of Twitter had just jumped on this and uh, produced some really, really funny mock headlines, just making fun of uh, the kind of the moral cowardice of the Washington Post. Um, Here are just a few of them. I'm just going (laughs) to... So there's a hashtag, Washington Post obituaries. And uh, let's see. Jeffrey Dahmer, connoisseur of alternative food sources (laughs) and organizer of intramural youth activities, dies of cranial lead poisoning while using his free gym membership. Let's see. Adolf Hitler, charismatic leader of German Empire, dies tragically from suicide at 56. What else? Osama bin Laden, father of five, killed during home invasion. <laughs> Lucifer, a misunderstood angel created by God, fought to improve heaven, a woke mentor to 30% of heavenly hosts, currently guiding and mentoring religions worldwide, striving to reach your soul. My gosh. Uh, decorated Marine veteran and book enthusiast, Lee, Har- Lee Harvey Oswald, dead at 24. <laughs> Charles Manson, charismatic musician, free travel expert, and Beatles lyrical savant, dies at age 83. (laughs) Oh, Oh, let's see, let's see. One more. Here we go. Judas Iscariot, devoted friend and accounts officer, dies at 40. (laughs) So... So, you know, good on everyone on Twitter. They they jumped on this quickly, um, and it was well-deserved. The Washington Post deserved everything they got here. They did end up changing the headline a couple times, I think, until they finally somewhat got it right. But it, I, I don't know. I, I think it just goes to show us how a, a mind and an intellect, even a, a good intellect that is um, unmoored from the truth, can pretty easily arrive at some really silly, outlandish uh, conclusions and, and uh, produce some really ridiculous moral cowardice. And you know, that's why in Romans 1, it, it tells us that because they did not glorify uh, God for who he was, their thinking became worthless. Their senseless hearts were darkened. And that's that's just what's happening with, with the good folks at the Washington Post. You know, people who have rejected truth, rejected the truth of their creator, and it, it really leaves them open to all kinds of just absolute insanity, no matter how smart or intellectual or informed or well-read they are. Their their branch is grafted to the wrong tree, and it's going to produce some some ugly fruit. So, uh, so yeah, that was the Washington Post piece. I thought that was kind of kind of funny and sad and interesting at the same time. Um, but the interesting thing about uh, the raid, the raid was named for a woman named Kayla Mueller, who was a, a U.S. hostage and a Christian uh, who was held by al-Baghdadi and, and imprisoned and tortured for for months. And uh, she was killed in their custody and they named the uh, the operation after her. I thought that was really neat. And and some of the stories that have come out of Kayla Mueller's captivity from other witnesses, people who were held with her and later released, tell of a woman who was kind and caring that uh, looked after uh, the other hostages ahead of herself, um, that she... Uh, sacrificed her own chance at freedom to help uh, a group of young Yazidi girls escape, and uh, just a real hero. So uh, it's it's neat that she was able to really receive justice that way with this raid being named after her. Mm-hmm. 
So I'd like to talk about the aftermath of this raid and Trump's uh, announcement on Sunday where he, he talked about what happened and some of the media's reaction to it. And, you know, it was all very predictable. I think Trump was himself. He, he behaved the way he usually does, talked the way he usually does, and the media responded the way they always do. I think when Trump announced the press conference following the, 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 the raid, we all expected him to kind of spike the football a little bit. You know, that's Trump. That's what he does, right? So sure enough, Sunday morning's press conference, uh, it was Trump at his best. Um, and, and this is what he said. Night was a great night for the United States and for the world. A brutal killer, one who has caused so much hardship and death, has violently been eliminated. He will never again harm another innocent man, woman, or child. He died like a dog. He died like a coward. The world is now a much safer place. He was a sick and depraved man, and now he's gone. Baghdadi was vicious and violent, and he died in a vicious and violent way as a coward running and crying. This raid was impeccable. Okay, so, oh my gosh, I, I love Trump. Oh my gosh, I, uh, you got to love it. You know, it's, it's Trump being Trumpy, but I, I love the moral clarity here. The moral clarity is, is stark, and it's just a beautiful thing to hear so that's that's interesting, right? Not the kind of language you typically hear from the commander in chief. Um, so cue the the hysterical fainting from the left and the hand wringing from the right. Again, like I said, predictable. Um, I think both sides can agree on a shared sadness over the loss of civility in our public rhetoric. You know, I, I don't think there's much disagreement there. I, I think that we can also agree that Trump, you know, he has plenty of faults. Uh, a lot of us don't like the way he speaks all the time. A lot of us don't like his rudeness. But I think his response to Baghdadi's death in this case, whether he planned it this way or it was just him being himself and it was just kind of off the cuff, it, it was perfect. I think that it was a perfect response. And I think it was even more than that, it was a, a moral response. And I'll tell you why I think that. First of all, in Trump's comments, he spoke perfectly to the Arab culture of honor and shame. You know, we Westerners have a hard time understanding the Arab system of honor and shame. Many of us would die for our families, uh, die for our country, but how many of us would kill or be killed to preserve our honor, our sense of honor? Shame in the Arab community is it's a fate worse than death. By highlighting the shamefulness of Baghdadi's cowardly end, he sets him up as a character to be ostracized rather than admired. I think that's a good thing. Holding up al-Baghdadi as an object of shame is, it's not only right, but I think it's also an extremely effective deterrent to those who may have taken up his cause, to those who may have seen his death as something to be inspired by, as something that is noble people that might see him as a martyr. 
I think um, painting him as a, a shameful coward at the end of his life does a great deal to take away from his legacy. And I think that what Trump did was, in that case, was very good. Secondly, Trump appealed to, you know, the Arab tribal culture of power and fear. When Obama announced the death of bin Laden, um, it was done with Obama's trademark careful sensitivity to avoid offending the Muslim community. Now, details of his death were hidden, and he was given a proper burial following traditional Muslim guidelines. And there's something to be admired about the American instinct for cultural sensitivity and respect. But if we're being honest, this respect is completely lost on a tribal culture that only respects power. Now, you might object and say, but, but that's not who we are as Americans. That's not who we are. We're not a tribal culture. We're not a culture of power and fear, honor and shame. You know, we need to be true to who we are as Americans, you know, and I hear that and, and I understand that. But I, I also think that there's, there's real biblical basis for a government that, you know, instills the fear of God in the hearts of wicked people. You know, Jesus' command to turn the other cheek, it wasn't directed at government. It was directed at individuals. When talking about government, the scriptures tell us that the government, that the ruler does not bear the sword in vain. They are appointed by God to punish evil. So there's scriptural basis for governments imposing terrifying justice against evil. Putting the fear of God in the hearts of evildoers is a moral and appropriate role of government. And then finally... Trump appealed to our need for justice, and I think that's such an important thing. Proverbs 21.15 says that when justice is done, it's a joy to the righteous, but a terror to evildoers. Seeing justice done fills a deep need in the human heart. Al-Baghdadi raped, tortured, and executed countless women and children. He led a caliphate responsible for some of the most ghoulishly documented horrors against human beings the world has ever seen. I think it is proper and it is moral to celebrate justice being served. So was Trump thinking this when he prepared his statements? <laughs> you know, was he thinking about the, the Arab honor-shame culture or um, appealing to a godly sense of justice when he prepared his remarks? You know, Maybe that went through his head. I don't know. Um, I kind of doubt it. The his rhetoric isn't new. Uh, I remember watching a an interview uh, with Ivanka Trump many years ago, before Trump became a big celebrity and a you know a presidential candidate. Uh, Ivanka had just been hired by the Trump organization, and she <laughs> told the late night host, I forget who it was. I, I should probably find the video that Trump would uh, fire her like a dog if if she messed up. <laughs> and so this like a dog language is nothing new. So in this case, it might just be an instance of Trump being Trump, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that Trump, by divine providence, is he's simply the right man in the right place at the right time right now. And regardless of how people, how Christians, how we feel about him, I think we can all agree that, as it says in the book of Proverbs, going back to Proverbs 21 here, that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it wherever he wills. 
Those are my thoughts on the the killing of Al Baghdadi, Trump's response to it. Thankful for uh, the men and women in uniform who who protect us. And those are my thoughts for today. So uh, the thing that I am thankful for, I want to give you one quick thing that I am thankful for. I am thankful for Bob Dylan cover songs. All right, I, I uh, they say that uh, Bob Dylan cover songs are the best because. No one writes a better song than Bob Dylan, but anybody can sing better than him. <laughs> so, so there are, there are some great, uh, great. I you know I prefer the covers of his music to his original songs um, because people have done a lot to just bring out the the beauty of his songs and the lyrics of his songs. And so, one that I want to highlight for you, a song that I hadn't really heard before is a song called Ring Them Bells, and a uh, a girl named Sarah Jarrows, um, and I'm going to spell her name for you here so you can find her. I'll also link the video in the, in the show notes. Yeah, Sarah Jarrows, uh, J-A-R-O-S-Z. Uh, she's kind of a folk singer and uh, did an awesome cover of the song uh, Ring Them Bells. And if... Uh, if you want to know where my heart is with this whole effort with the Petty Prophet and, and what I'm doing with my writing, I see it like the words of the song. You know, I, I'm, I'm just doing my small part uh, to ring the bells for any lost sheep who, who might hear. And, uh, you know, even if it's just one even if after years of, of effort, months of doing this, um, it results in, in one lost sheep being found, uh, totally worth it. So I'll, uh, I'll leave you with the song, Ring Them Bells, by Bob Dylan, covered by Sarah Jarose. Enjoy. Ring them 
forget to check us out on Facebook or on our website at www.thepettyprofit.com. Tell your friends, tell your family about the podcast. Uh, Like and share. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much for listening. Love you, and we'll talk to you next time.